0: Hello and welcome back to the show once again and as always I am your host dear Prudence also known as Daniel M. Lavery and I'm thrilled that I did a second take on this one. It didn't have anything to do with how mask I sounded but I sound much masker this time around and I just think that's terrific. With me in the studio this week is Anna Hetherington, who has a doctorate in Renaissance art history, wants to teach visual literacy to the world, is obsessed with her dog Wilson, sweetened condensed milk, and her friends. That last one is definitely true. Anna, I am so delighted to have you here in my Zoom. And uh, I, I didn't know the thing about sweetened condensed milk, but I, I, I did know that you knew a lot about art and that you have a great dog.
1: And that I love my friends. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so
0: much. This is thrilling, even in a box and Zoom. You you do. I would say more than perhaps almost anyone I know, your ability to just boost your friends is is stunning. It is, it is a spiritual force with you.
1: I am very lucky in that I have objectively the best friends in the universe, so it's
0: very easy to do. You do. What's your favorite thing to do with sweetened condensed milk? Eat it. Just with a spoon? Yeah. On like a baguette with tea. Wow. I, I have never put sweetened condensed milk on a baguette, but that sounds kind of like Nutella or... Take a baguette, dip it, eat it. Delicious. Simple. Why make life more complicated? That's just dip it in milk. Sweet condensed milk. Very different. Wonderful. It sounds like something I would love to eat if I were like an invalid little boy uh, in the 19th century, which I almost am. And in Russia. And Then in you Russia. probably would get exactly that. <laughs> That's it. I, um... History solved. <laughs> Exactly. I am so excited. I feel like the questions this week are all over the map in a very exciting way. And um, we're starting with a dog question, which is always fantastic. Um, And just a, a real hot and button issue, which is other people's dogs and how they behave or whether they behave. And I'm really excited for you to get to read it for us.
1: So excited. Okay. Subject Keeping the Peace. Dear Prudence, my brother and I recently purchased a shared vacation condo. I am married with a young daughter. He has a girlfriend. Sometimes we all go together. Other times we'll switch off. My brother and his girlfriend have two dogs who they have trained to use puppy pads instead of going outside. I've always found this weird and gross, but not my business. However, I told him that when we are all sharing the condo, I don't want the dogs going on puppy pads. I just don't want to be having dinner or hanging out and have to watch the dogs go into the bathroom or wake up in the morning and come out of my room to pads full of pee. My brother doesn't understand my issue because he said it's not like they're going on the floor itself. There's no damage being done and he cleans up right away when they go. Am I being unreasonable?
0: Well. <laughs> I, I I don't always get to say this. I don't think either person is actually being unreasonable. Although I certainly understand the letter writer's objections.
1: Yes, I uh, think the letter writer is being a little bit unreasonable.
0: Maybe a little bit naive in the sense that they seem to think like, oh, just, just give the dogs a new form of house training now. Like, that's difficult to do. Yes,
1: and unreasonable. I think, that, I think the letter writer is correct in that maybe at the kitchen table, there should not be a pad on which the dog goes to the bathroom. But perhaps the brother could choose other rooms and spaces and places.
0: Right. I think that's to to that end, a puppy gate or several puppy gates is going to be the best solution so that there are a couple of rooms that for at least part of the day or overnight, the dogs don't go in um, and that will be the best. But if your dogs are house trained to use pads, retraining them all over again to only go outside is, is a pretty, that's a pretty big commitment. That's difficult to do.
1: It's difficult to do, and that probably means that you will have pee on your floors, which is the thing that I think a letter writer
0: wants to avoid. Right, right. And it would, it would be the sort of thing where he would, he would need to start doing it now in order to get them. You, you couldn't just like introduce that training at the condo and expect the dogs to pick it up over the course of what, what I assume is something like a two- or a three-week vacation at a time.
1: Yeah, so the brother would have to change their life completely. Right. Change the dog's life.
0: Which is not to say, by the way, <laughs> letter writer, I I totally get that you don't like it. It's weird. It's it's unusual. Most most dogs are housebroken to go outside. It's not even quite... I mean, I think it would help to think of it as like a litter box.
1: Which I find gross and unreasonable. Cats should learn how to pee outside. I mean, I, I get that too. Like,
0: totally <laughs> makes sense that you're like, I don't love looking at even like a neat little pile of dog waste <laughs> on a pad on the floor. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I wouldn't like that either. Yes. So
1: I, yeah, I think maybe having very clear rules and maybe the brother could take the pads out at night so that letter writer isn't awoken in the morning by the
0: smell of poop and pee, which is gross objectively. Yeah, absolutely. I just 100% get why you don't like it, but it's a little late to ask that he retrain the dogs now. And for whatever reason, that's how they trained their dogs in the first place. I think you kind of have to just assume your better options are say you need to get puppy gates and we need to agree that they can't be in the kitchen or the dining room when we're eating for example which is fine or you need to be a little bit more on top of moving the pads in the morning cuz I don't want to look at them or even when you go on vacation you need to find a dog sitter
1: <gasps> right yes that that's an option if um, you're
0: if you're able to buy a vacation condo together with your siblings you can probably afford an occasional dog sitter i just
1: personally i'm coming back to the line in my bio where it says that i really love my dog wilson if my sibling asked me to leave my dog when i went on a vacation at a place that i had purchased probably thinking that wilson would enjoy his retirement in such a
0: condo his retirement <laughs> i um i might get upset I mean obviously Mr. Wilson is a perfect dog and no one could ever object to him. Exactly. Um but you wouldn't you wouldn't ever want to take like a week vacation without him like where you would just enjoy sleeping in and you don't have to worry about taking care of the dog?
1: Absolutely. I think however in this instance, that would, you know, that would be my choice as opposed to someone saying, oh, you can't, this did happen to me where I visited someone and he said, you cannot have a dog in my house. And I was like, okay, this is your house. I'm visiting you totally reasonable. And you and Grace had Mr. Wilson for that length of time, which yes. was amazing. That was,
0: it really worked out for me. I loved it.
1: It worked out for me too. But I think it's different from like a home that you co-own.
0: Of course. Yeah, and that, that's absolutely fair, to be clear. I meant more just like as a suggestion, not like I'm drawing the line. Um, and it would be great if he were open to that. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I I think you probably could have talked to, about this with him before you purchased it together, but you didn't. Fine. And you have some options. Um, and that's all I have. I, I truly have nothing else to say on the subject other than dogs are lovely and gross.
1: Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. And you're lucky the dog doesn't go on the floor because many dogs do.
0: I mean, (laughs) mine is doing his best, but he is four months old and very, very small. So small. So So, small. You know, we're just, I'm I'm impressed when he does anything, frankly. I'm just like, this is amazing. You're a butterfly. You're correct. And, And the fact that you just did something successfully just blows my mind. So the subject of this one is just exhausted. Dear Prudence, About a year ago, I met an amazing woman from another country, Ruya. I was in an open relationship at the time, but ended up leaving my partner to be monogamous with Ruya. I visited her in Turkey and decided to move there to be with her. My family and friends were supportive of the relationship, but advised me to take time alone before entering into another one. But it felt hard to take that step back with Ruya. However, when I arrived... I experienced feelings of extreme guilt in my first week, which led to me telling Ruya I needed to be alone for a little while. I genuinely wanted to marry this girl, but I had to work through my guilt. After a few days, I decided I was just being stupid and wanted to try things again. And she agreed. She knew I was still communicating occasionally with my previous partner, but at one point she saw a Facebook chat bubble on my phone and broke up with me because of it. Feeling very alone and realizing I had no friends in the country and didn't speak the language, I opened up several accounts on different platforms, meant to meet other expats in Turkey. I also opened my old OkCupid account, which I updated to say I was in Istanbul, but did not update to show I was only looking for friends, even though I most certainly was not seeking another relationship. Yes, that was a mistake on my part. Well, I told her I was opening it up and she found my profile and sent me a screenshot showing me my looking for section. She said to never contact her again, and she blocked me on everything. I closed the account after it had been open for less than 24 hours. This was several weeks ago. We've since worked things out a little bit and are kind of trying again, but the problem is that she doesn't believe anything I say anymore. She monitors my Instagram followers and expresses daily that she doesn't believe me about only wanting friendship on OkCupid. Her mom and sister went from adoring me to despising me, and they're putting a lot of pressure on her to end the relationship. She seems so resentful of me, and it always comes back to the fact that I lost her trust with the OkCupid thing. She acknowledges I've always consistently expressed love and commitment to her, with the only exception being my guilt during the first week in this country and the Cupid thing. But she still thinks everything I say now is a lie. I've changed everything about my life to be with this woman who I feel such great love and affection for, and it's just awful to feel like a criminal and like I have to defend myself all the time. She interrogates me and it makes me feel sleazy, even though I know I didn't do anything wrong. She feels totally justified in all of her resentment and anger. Sorry for the long question, but what can I do to get back to a healthy place with the woman I love?
1: That's the wrong question to ask, I think.
0: What That's a roller coaster.
1: And what a timeline.
0: What a timeline. I, um, I, I also love how like in a couple of sentences he went from like, I've only been consistent with two exceptions till the end he's like, I haven't done anything wrong. Nothing wrong. Like, nothing. Great. Well then if you haven't done anything wrong, man, have a great time. Enjoy your long, happy relationship with Ruya. <laughs> have a great enjoy oh, your rightness.
1: Enjoy your rightness. If only Ruya
0: would would just do nothing wrong. Yeah, Cannot I mean, mistrust me. Listen. I just moved here and then dumped you because I felt guilty. And then I opened up a bunch of dating profiles <laughs> to meet people. I don't know what you're getting all so worked up about. I just, you know, I just moved here and then broke up with you. What's weird about that?
1: Oh, and was in touch with my ex also.
0: And I'm still but, in touch with my ex.
1: And still in touch with, you know. Yeah.
0: Also, all of my friends and family are telling me to take a step back. <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't know anyone here. Also, oh. I didn't realize that until she broke up with me. That that line was so great. Of like, I realized, oh shit, I don't, I don't know anyone here. <laughs> Where am
1: like, I? How did I get
0: here? What language is weeks? everyone speaking? <laughs> is the Ottoman Empire still a thing, or is it new now? <laughs> um, is it really Istanbul or Constantinople? Yeah, exactly. Like you know, um, do you have any advice for this guy? That's not like get a strong? therapist. Oh, I was going to say, like, you should probably just move home and leave this lady alone. Oh. Like, oh, but I don't know. Maybe he'd enjoy staying in Turkey and, and and learning a little bit of, you know, something about it.
1: I think it's nice to travel. I think traveling's great. Maybe spending some alone time with a therapist. Also great, because a lot has happened very quickly in this person's life. And maybe take a moment and take your friends and family's advice and have some time yeah you know i also feel like this is the sort of person who's like if it's meant to be it's meant to be let's try again in a year Meet at a serendipity like gift shop
0: yeah i mean i don't want to just be rude to this letter writer but maybe read your letter out loud or even just like listen to how i sounded when i read it and admittedly you know i i was really leaning into some of the different emotional beats but like does it sound like if someone just described this situation to you, would you say like, wow, that sounds like a really great start to a relationship. Or would you say like, yeah, I I think I can see where this guy went wrong. And like, sure. I'm sure that you decided to break up with her three days after you showed up in, in Turkey because you felt guilty. That's interesting emotional context. It doesn't make it make sense. You know, it's like, well, I felt guilty. So obviously she should just, what, forget it, that it happened or feel fine about it. Like, I, I, again, it's, it's sort of like that last letter where it's like somebody will say something they think is justification. It's just like, no, that's like context. That's not
1: an explanation. It's not an excuse. Yeah. Um, also why the guilt? Like, I don't even understand what the guilt is about for not taking time for breaking up with the ex. Like what is the guilt?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You don't say anything about how you, it sounds like you and your ex are actually on pretty okay terms. It, I don't know that guilt was all of it. Like, I think maybe some of it was also doubt.
1: Yeah, which is fine. You don't have to get married to a person you met a year ago from a different country.
0: Right. And who, it sounds like, is super, super interested in monogamy. And it kind of sounds like you're not. Even if you did, quote unquote, forget. The fact is, like, you didn't, you know, you didn't, like, go out to a cafe and you weren't looking to meet, like, Turkish people. You were just like... Let me find some Americans on vacation and see who, who's up at 2 a.m. You know, like, yeah, man, I think the fact that you forgot to update the part of your thing where you're just looking for friends is probably relevant.
1: I agree. Some Even relevance if, there. Yeah. Some Some information.
0: <laughs> I get why she doesn't trust you. I'd be really surprised if she started trusting you. Maybe if she... I don't know, um, wants to talk about what she would need to see from you. You two can agree on something that's not just she monitors your Instagram all the time, but like, does it sound fun to you to stay in this city and like have some girl yell at you about your Instagram every day or?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, do you want to be also like with a person who monitors your Facebook and Instagram? Period. And whose mom and sister
0: hate you? Like,
1: And like, it seems like both parties might benefit from some alone time in Turkey or elsewhere.
0: Yeah, and I think there's like this hope of like, if only we could get back to like, the week before I moved here, when I didn't feel guilty yet, and her mom and sister thought I was amazing, and I didn't have jet lag yet, and I felt super excited, and it's just like, yeah, you're not ever gonna go back to that time. That time's gone, and you can't unring all of these bells.
1: The bells have been wrong. The time Somewhere is gone. St. Mary's so is wise. just
0: ringing left and right. I agree. I I would move on. You feel awful, you feel sleazy, she's mad, she doesn't like you, she feels justified, her mom and sister don't like you, your friends and family all think you should move home. You know, I I don't know what you need, like, lightning from from a, a mountaintop, but, like, this isn't working out. You can't get back to a healthy place. You were never in a healthy place with this woman, ever. The only time huh. you were in a healthy place, you two lived in different countries and weren't dating yet.
1: <laughs> and one of you was in a
0: relationship. Yeah. Like, maybe both. Think, yeah yeah sorry man I um I got nothing I, I don't see you coming back from this good luck sorry I hope you meet a nice lady someday
1: right back in five years if you're together yeah
0: yeah 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 absolutely I would love to hear from you if we're just dead wrong and you're like actually you know she still looks at my Instagram every day but I love it now it's just best
1: marriage ever
0: yeah <laughs> really right. healthy Okay, next letter's all you.
1: Okay. Subject, think I overheard verbal abuse. Dear Prudence, last week during a check-in meeting with my boss on Zoom, her wife walked into the frame, asked for her attention, and proceeded to berate her for not completing some cleaning around the house. My boss was visibly embarrassed at being dressed down in front of me. The wife left the room and my boss acknowledged the awkwardness, but just continued with our check-in from there. She seemed upset, so I didn't press the issue further. The more I think about it, the more uncomfortable I am with what happened. If it was a man speaking to my boss in this way, I'd worry that physical violence wasn't far on the horizon. But in this situation, I don't want to seem homophobic or like I'm overreacting. It's also awkward because I'm about 10 years younger than my boss, and we have a strictly professional relationship. Any conversation about our significant others is just small talk and very surface level. I want to reach out to her about this and let her know that she doesn't deserve to be treated this way, but I don't want to blur boundaries or behave inappropriately. What should I do?
0: I do wish we'd gotten a little bit more information about what the letter writer overheard, because getting berated for not cleaning up, I mean... I. I just wish I knew more. It's like, what about getting berated for not cleaning up made you think, I think physical violence is like, was she threatening? Was she throwing things? Did she say things like you're worthless? Like it, 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 because what I, what I hear here feels like embarrassing. She lost her temper, but I I don't hear anything that makes me think, oh yeah, I think violence is right around the corner. And, And that's not to say it couldn't have been. It's just without that. Did you have the same read? Like, did you also question that? Well, I've like really wanted to underline the
1: part where, you know, my boss and I have a strictly professional relationship and that is a good thing. That's a good thing. That's not like a thing that you should excuse, right? Like it's good to have professional relationships and boundaries. And I think your boss sounds like acknowledged the situation. It was awkward. I would be embarrassed and upset too if something like that happened. It doesn't mean it it could mean something really nefarious and terrible,
0: but it could also
1: mean that this was really embarrassing.
0: Yeah. And it could just be seven months in of quarantine, they're losing their tempers with each other, or it could mean she's in a crappy marriage or it could mean a lot of different things. I would say, unless you saw something that made you think, um, I believe she's in danger and, and I have an obligation to try to assist, the fact that she is your boss means not necessarily that nothing was wrong, but that you are not in a position to be especially helpful to her for a number of reasons. Number one being that she is your boss.
1: That is so brilliant because really what could one do in yeah. this situation,
0: right? Yeah. If, if she were your friend, you, you would maybe have some room to say like, does this happen a lot? How do you feel? I was surprised to see that, but, but she's not, she's your boss. And you don't have that kind of personal relationship.
1: I would say that if it happens again, I would speak to the boss about it at another moment. Yeah. I would formulate a response and then think about that and say, okay, this has been a pattern of behavior. Two constitutes a pattern. Um, I feel very uncomfortable and I'm concerned about this behavior.
0: Yeah. And again, that doesn't mean that what you saw was probably great or or super normal or something that you should think of as a good thing. I, I really, really don't mean any of that. It, it may very well be anything in between like just – rude and embarrassing to she had no idea that that her wife was on a work call with a subordinate and felt bad later to she loved that her wife was on a work call and like took a sick thrill out of manipulating her which sucks um but again it is not you know you saw you saw something that you shouldn't have seen not through any fault of your own um but because nothing happened that gives you reason to think i believe my boss is in danger I think you do still want to abide by the general rules, which is just move on.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only part that really concerned me is if this was a man speaking to my boss, I'd worry that physical violence, but I don't, I mean, physical violence comes from everywhere, right? So I'm I'm with you. Like, what about this made you think that there could be
0: physical violence on the horizon? Right, and again, I don't want to say I don't want to extrapolate from the lack of information, but if I saw, you know, even one partner of a couple say something that was rude or designed to humiliate their partner in front of others, um, I I might say that's awful or that's really concerning or I I would be really upset. Um, But you don't say that she was menacing or threatening or... um, Screaming, so I just I'm like, where did you, where is that coming from? I just don't know, and and since I don't know, I'm I'm not gonna go out and say, I think you should have a very embarrassing conversation with your boss when you don't have more than that.
1: Totally, there's very little you could do of use anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. Again, if if you had seen actual abuse. Um, if you had seen a threat of future abuse, if you had seen something else, absolutely. In that case, you, you deal with the fact that it's awkward that it's your boss and, and say something. Um, so I don't want to just say like, well, if someone's your boss, you just politely look the other way and don't. No,
1: no, no, no. No, you're not saying that at all.
0: We're not saying that. I I think the thing of like, I just want to let her know she doesn't deserve to be treated that way. I agree. She doesn't, but. It's it's uh, it's an embarrassing and and unfortunate side effect of Zoom meetings that you saw this, and it does not then mean that you should be saying to your boss, "Hey, here's what I think you deserve in a romantic relationship." Like,
1: yeah, you don't go down that road. It does not yeah. lead anywhere good.
0: Yeah, and I'm sorry. That is an awful situation, and I feel like I just told you, like, it. There's nothing you can do. Leave it alone. Just feel weird. I really, really appreciate how uncomfortable that must feel. Um, and of course you like your boss and you feel bad. She got shouted at in basically a meeting for not cleaning. That's embarrassing and frustrating and hard. And I, I'd feel really bad too. Yes.
1: It's awkward. I mean, yeah. whatever the excuse is, it's awkward. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. It sucks. If it happens again, deal with it then
0: for sure. Yeah, but just, just beyond that trust that if your boss does need help, leaving her spouse, She will be able to get support from anyone in the world who's not somebody who works for her. You know, her friends, her family, uh, a women's shelter, uh, and and anybody who doesn't work for her. Um, So it doesn't mean that she's not worth helping in that moment. It just means you're not in a position to really help her with it. I think that's all I've got for that one. Do you have any other thoughts there? I don't. I don't. Yeah. I'm just hopeful that it was one of those
1: like awkward quarantine zoom things and not something terrible.
0: I hope so. Yeah. If you, if you want, and you're able to, if you're able to write back and let us know a little bit more about what made you think that physical violence might not be far off. I don't want to totally discount that possibility either. Like maybe there was something that you did see um, that you just didn't include for, for time. And in which case I, I might have a different answer. So let us know if we're missing something um, and good luck. I am gonna read this next one and let me tell yes. you sometimes oh. I will edit the subject lines either for length um, or or for clarity um, or because sometimes they like do a little joke in the subject line and I don't always want it to be a, a little joke um, or sometimes as in this case it's it's a little offensive. Uh, but I felt like this one really spoke to the letter writer's mentality, which is basically just like I brought, I bought something and it's defective. What do I do? Yeah.
1: I I had a lot of feelings about this one.
0: I've, I'm so looking forward to it. I'm just going to read it. And then I want you to launch into a beautiful monologue. Subject is I married a foreigner and she has mental health problems. A couple of, you know, just yeah, that, that, I, I think that that is a bad outlook to have about people. I think that's a bad way to describe your partner. I think that's a bad way to describe someone suffering from mental illness. I don't like that subject line. No. 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 Dear Prudence, I married a woman from another country, brought her here, and now she's exhibiting problems. Oh, God. We haven't had any intimate relations in two years. She's gotten angry and pounded her fist on her head and cried when she forgets a word in English. She raved and cried when the boat ride was too bumpy. She screamed and jumped up and down in the airport in London because they wouldn't let her out to have a cigarette. And now she has gotten into QAnon and she is convinced that the Democrats are all satanic pedophiles and that there are lizard men aliens taking over the government. If I send her back to her own country, she will be on the street with no one to take care of her, but my life is a wreck. What do I do? Oh, man. Oh. Oh, this is so bad. I mean, it like that first sentence and that subject line just feels so much like I bought myself a wife, but now she's not working right. Yeah. You know, who do I who's the manager? Who do I yell at to get a, a better wife?
1: Yeah, yeah, I got to return this one and get a new one.
0: And I don't like to think of myself as someone who dumps someone in the middle of the cri- a crisis on the street, but uh I sure want to.
1: Yeah. This is I mean, I almost wonder like In writing this letter, like, what is the goal? I mean, does a person want to hear that they're coming across as, like, a horrific, like, inhuman, unempathetic person? Or are they genuinely wondering, right? Like, what do I do? Do you think
0: he thinks he sounds sympathetic?
1: I I think he's maybe—I'm going to try to be generous. I think maybe this individual is in a moment of, like, desperation because the person they live with is unwell and they're scared. Right. And it's it's scary to be with someone who's unwell. Right. Yeah. In any way, in any form. Um, But going from there to let me ship her back where she will be on the street. Like, how can you write those words? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I that to me is
0: like, what? Like, there are a million things you could do. Yeah. Like, someone I live with is in distress and sometimes says really upsetting things. But to go from that to, as you say, if I send her back, like, the fuck's the matter with you? No, you don't fucking send her back. Go to a doctor. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, you don't, she will be on the street to, with no one to care for her. But like, there is no but after yeah. that part of the sentence. Yeah.
0: I mean, if, if you need to, live separately for a while, you can do that. If you need to like, go take a walk when she's shouting, you can do that. If you want to you know, do things to take care of yourself, go see a therapist on your own behalf, you can do all of those things. None of them require sending anyone anywhere. Like, It's like he thinks my only two options are stay married, 100% committed to this relationship and only this relationship, don't tell anyone else what's going on, don't try to seek help, or you know, mail her somewhere.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that I, I like that's a very generous take on it. Like live separately. I think this person has a responsibility to try to help um, his partner. Like, I don't think you can just say my life is a wreck. I have to care only for me right now, because I think you, do, when you live with someone, they're part of your family, they're unwell. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is irresponsible and unethical not to try and help.
0: In some way. I had a question right? for you about the, yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. That bit about she jumped up and down in the airport in London was like, I don't understand what he's talking about. Like, is he talking about two years ago, the trip from wherever her home country is to wherever he lives? Like the boat ride was too bumpy. What boat ride? Like, is he talking yeah. about two years ago she got agitated on a boat? Yeah, that's very confusing. Cause like I, the QAnon stuff is distressing, absolutely. Talking about pedophile cults, lizard men, aliens, absolutely concerning. But if you're including in this, two years ago she got really upset, like from nicotine withdrawal, right? And and she got upset because she was seasick. Like, why are you putting that anywhere near the same category as she's into QAnon?
1: Right, and also if did this happen two years ago, like has this person been? progressively, you know, becoming more and more unwell. And now it's just so inconvenient in your life that you can't deal. I mean, this, it is distressing, right? Like everything could be potentially distressing about her behavior um, and potentially dangerous either to others or to herself. Who
0: knows? But yeah, the idea of like, she, she screamed and jumped up and down two years ago because after like a, I don't know, a 10 hour plane ride, she wasn't allowed to have a cigarette. I I get that that's unnerving. And certainly if if I were just meeting someone for the first time and we were about to be in a relationship and I saw them shouting over nicotine withdrawal, I'd feel a little like, wow, this wasn't the exciting reunion I was hoping for. But at the same time, nicotine withdrawal is really bad. People definitely lose their temper when they need a smoke and they haven't had one in a while. I would let that one go. That is nowhere near as upsetting as sometimes she hits herself when she's in distress.
1: Yeah, that was upsetting. That was so upsetting Where with her fist, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: that's really worrying. What do you do in those moments? Do you, do you exhibit compassion for her? Do you ask her how you can help? Do you try to help her find the word? Like, what, do you, what are you doing to help, man?
1: Yeah, I think absolutely. I understand that this person's life may be terrible and a wreck and it feels like they're trapped in a space with a person that they can't relate to. But this is when you're like, okay, what can I do? Like therapist for me, therapist, perhaps for her medical intervention, talk to a doctor, like presumably she's been here for two years. There might be a medical professional who can help.
0: And really, I want to be careful about that one because part of my worry here is this is the kind of guy who would like call a doctor and try to get her 5150 right away. Mm -hmm. And I don't, Mm -hmm. sorry, I don't know what the code Mm -hmm. is in other states. It's California code for um, being uh, admitted to a psych ward against your will. Um so really really want to stress I do not mean call a doctor and say my wife is broken lock her up somewhere no I mean no. lovingly talk to her about the f- worries you have about her well-being when she physically harms herself in moments of distress and talk to a doctor together
1: Absolutely I guess I had a much more like positive vision in my mind that this person the woman has a doctor that is her doctor I hope so um I hope so, but if not, um, she should be empowered to have a doctor mm-hmm. and speak for herself. Clearly, she knows enough English, right, that she can communicate because she gets frustrated when she can't remember a word, which means he doesn't have to function as translator. Right. So the compassionate thing would be to find someone for her to go and speak to on her own, yeah. perhaps without him.
0: Yeah. And then the QAnon stuff, you know, that that is painful and distressing i would suggest among other things looking for support groups for other people who have like surprised been surprised to find their partners have gotten sucked into qAnon look for sources of support wherever you can it may very well be that you two do not stay married forever um but again that does i i, I worry with this guy's idea of everything like if you two don't stay married she doesn't just get like deported the next day like there's a number of i mean there's a number of steps in that process of, of divorcing somebody um and again even if you do or don't get divorced it doesn't mean that you suddenly abandon any sense of caring about her well-being i would hope
1: right and i'm very concerned like what agency does she have in this country or whatever country this writer is writing from, right? right? I assume it's here because they said Democrats and like other countries yeah. just care less. Yeah. Um, so I just, right? So if she's here, like, is she financially fully dependent on a writer? Does she have any kind of freedom of being in the country trying to, you know, care for herself, have medical expertise to lean on or friends? Right. Just speak to like, is there a friend that, she has that you could speak to say, I'm concerned. Are you concerned as a friend? Yeah. There are just so many ways of going about it before, you know, sending her back to the street. Yeah. Don't do
0: th- like, just don't do that. You know what I mean? Like don't do there's that. There's a great answer to that part of your question, which is don't fucking do anything that puts her on a street. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Good thing we were able to solve that particular problem, but it's just, Yeah. I worry, I worry, I worry.
1: I worry too, because I want, you know, I want to know like, what is her like situation power agency as someone whose partner calls them a foreigner and you know, this other, I married this other um, and she has mental health problems. Like that subject line to return to the beginning is in itself telling. Yeah. If my husband referred to me as a foreigner, which I am, I would be very upset. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> oh, like, a what, man? Like, you don't you, you want to put a person at the end of that? Yeah, a person from another country. Person. <laughs> this is the opposite problem from the guy in Turkey.
0: Yeah, yeah. The other. You <laughs> need to find somebody somewhere kind of in the middle between, like, I'm going to move to another country and then break up with you as soon as I get there (laughs) versus like, uh, I want you to come live with me, but if you are troubled and in crisis, I'm going to look at you like you're a defective toy. Yep. You know,
1: don't do that. Provide support, help, compassion, not a plane ride back to the street. Please,
0: please don't do that. All right. Um, this is our last letter. The subject is, husband lying about porn dear prudence my husband was viewing porn and i caught him he said he wouldn't do it again he also used to go on annual fishing trips with buddies and this included going to strip clubs he was 61 at the time and got so shit drunk that he didn't know what happened took a lot of individual and marriage counseling but we finally moved on we discussed how these activities are so degrading to women and he agreed it will never happen again Fast forward nine more years. I caught him again looking at porn. He lied about why it was appearing on the search history when he knew it wouldn't because he was incognito viewing. I am beyond hurt and feel like I'm not good enough and he'll never be honest. Is there any hope? Otherwise, he has been a good partner. Wow. This is like a very, very smaller stakes back Mountain, where it's, like, annual fishing trips, <laughs> but instead of, like, meeting his, like, lover, it's just, like, well, and he was looking at porn, which is not to say that the hurt's not real. Or going or going to strip trips. clubs, right? Yeah. That was... Um, it's hard because without, without wanting to sign off on any of the husband's behavior, I feel a little bit at a loss of, like, come on, man, like, y- you say he agreed that he thought this was degrading to women and that he would never do it again, like... I wonder if part of you knows the difference between when you and your partner genuinely work through something and arrive at a meaningful compromise versus when your partner says something they know you want to hear. Yeah. Because, like, I don't believe that he thinks it's degrading to women. Or if he does think that it's degrading to women, that's part of what he likes about it. Like, obviously, there is a difference in values there. Obviously. And so the, like, it's not that you did it, it's that you lied about is, like, um, I think what you two have to do is is go back to the beginning and at least say, like, we, we couldn't really get to the truth the last time because I was so, you know, afraid of you being mad at me, letter writer, and, uh, you know, whatever else was going on with you. But, like, let's go back and just say, cards on the table, clearly you don't feel the same way about porn I do, husband. Clearly you and I don't agree. And I don't want you to just say that you agree and then ignore me. So let's let's try to have another conversation. Or like maybe you do. I guess like I feel like the sort of classic advice columnist answer here is some version of like tell him to lie a little bit better and then hopefully you won't have to fight about it again.
1: Oh, interesting. I think okay. I I think I agree with you, right? And they went to years of marriage therapy. Like I there's I was concerned about like the getting like drunk and blacking out. Like, is this like Are you worried that this behavior like goes hand in hand or is it like an independent just like tidbit? And then that I worry I'm not enough. I think that's like a very different issue from agreeing that porn is degrading. Right. Like so these are like two concerns here. Um, And what is he agreeing with? Like he might be agreeing with that you are enough. Right. And also um, he might like degrading porn. In which case, exactly as you said, like put it back on the table and say I'm not okay with it. And if you're not okay with him liking this, that's a different conversation.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I am also. I, I think I'm in a very different position when it comes to thinking about porn, just like as a as a transsexual. Um, I, I, which is not to say like all porn is great, um, but you know, not all not all the porn that I I know of and that I experience or that my friends experience or that people I know do or participate in or or create has to do with women. Um, And so, yeah, the idea that porn is always degrading for women all of the time is not something I can sign off on. Um, At the same time, I can certainly imagine that in this straight marriage where your husband lies to you and then does stuff that he won't talk to you about, why it feels genuinely degrading. And I imagine he's not super interested in, I don't know, making sure that the porn performers that he watches are getting like paid fairly or treated fairly or like have great robustly defended rights in the workplace. So I, I I do get that too. I just um I I can't go to that place of I think it's reasonable to tell a partner however many years into a marriage, if you look at porn it means I'm not good enough for you. And it means you don't value women. I mean, maybe he doesn't, he certainly doesn't sound like a great husband, but you say he's otherwise been good. I don't know. Who knows? I
1: think it might just be like one of those insecurities on one end and the husband trying to do a thing that doesn't upset his wife on the other. Right. (laughs) You know, and lying, maybe you're right. Maybe you lie a little better, but I, you know, I'd like to think that people can work things out and like be honest. And that if his response is, this is important to me and my like life and being fulfilled, right? That you then go from there and say, okay, like if it makes me really uncomfortable, how do I deal with that? Right? Because he's being honest. So is your concern the porn or is your concern the lie?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because
1: those are two different concerns.
0: And and I don't want to be dismissive here either. Like if you genuinely feel like, I, you know, I'm, I don't know if you and your husband are the same age, but I imagine you are. Otherwise you would have mentioned it. You're in your seventies. If you just say like, I don't want to spend my 70s in a relationship where I feel dismissed and demeaned and I really don't like porn and I don't want to be with somebody who looks at it. You can you can prioritize that value. You absolutely can. Um I think you would probably be hard-pressed to find a straight man um who felt the same way, but you could try.
1: I mean, it's also questions like, is this a marriage breaker, right? Is this like really a deal breaker or is this a moment of like, okay, he's hiding, he's incognito, he's trying to lie. You have gone through his device to catch him out. You were able to like, have you been doing this for nine years, trying to catch him out for nine years? And finally there's this like, ah, ha, ha, yeah. I knew it all along. Yeah. Um, in which case, like there's maybe another conversation to be had and like a good one of, how
0: do I want to like with my
1: wife with you? And can I get over the fact that you're sometimes going to watch porn when I'm not around? Yeah. And
0: yeah. And I think that, I think that's a good point on I'm glad that you mentioned it. Cause I don't, I don't want to be just so um, I don't know if the word is blasé or cynical or like the only thing you can do is either say like from now on, we just agree never to discuss it. And that's the best we can hope for, or we break up. I, I, do, I do think that it's possible to have a conversation where for your part, you can acknowledge like, I think it's clear, and I don't say this to berate you, but I think it's clear that you don't actually agree with me on this and that, in fact, when you said that you did nine years ago, you really just said that because you wanted me not to be mad at you um, and you wanted the conversation to be over. I don't love that, but I'm not, you know... I just want to say that because I'm not looking to punish you. I'm looking to have an honest conversation. Um, I don't like that you look at porn. I don't think I'm going to change my mind about that. Um, I also love our marriage. And I want a couple of things from you right now. One is, you know, I want you to make me feel appreciated and wanted. I want to talk to you about the way that this makes me feel. And I also want to figure out, are there ways that feel like meaningful, not just like, okay, I'll allow it. You can have your boy time, but I hate (sighs) it. Um, So much as like, are there are there ways that we can say like we genuinely fundamentally disagree about this that also prioritize like respect and care and not treating me like an idiot and saying like I don't I don't know why it's on the browser like don't, <laughs> I, I think if you if you want to stay in this marriage and disagree about pornography I do think that's possible um, I think one of the things that that will mean is accepting something you didn't want to accept nine years ago um, and I think the thing that you have a right to insist from him is don't treat me like I'm an idiot and don't just say what I want to hear when I'm angry. Deal with me when I'm angry, like treat me like an adult who has a right to get angry. You know, I think that would be the thing that would offend me the most, really.
1: Yeah. And I think from his side, you know, don't say objectively you're wrong. So you have to agree with me to be like an ethical, moral human being. You have to be open to the possibility that he's not going to agree with you and then decide, okay if Otherwise, he's this perfect partner and husband and ethically, morally, you're very aligned. And this is the issue, right, on which you're not aligned.
0: Is that a deal breaker? Yeah. Right? I I think so. And just, you know, beyond that, I just really want to throw out a plug for like lots and lots and lots of things are wrong in the porn industry that have to do with money and capitalism and sexism and whorephobia and all sorts of things. but having sex for money is not inherently degrading to women having weird or intense or kinky or wacky sex is not inherently degrading to women. I would encourage you to consider rethinking some of that, you know, just consider, you don't have to, you can consider it and then think, I think Danny's fucking stupid about this, but you know, (laughs) give it a thought.
1: So the conversation rather is, have you considered other porn? I've researched. them. Imagine that oh, man. conversation.
0: Man. Yeah, I've, I've curated a list of of moral porn. Here's my here's my Excel spreadsheet. Doesn't want that, yeah. Um, <laughs> no. But I think it's nice that we both began and ended with uh, conversations that I genuinely don't really know how they're going to go. Because I think that's if you're if you're able to have that kind of a conversation, that's often a good sign. Because sometimes when things get that complicated, my advice is just like, oh, walk away. Walk away and lie. Yeah. Or, or, <laughs> That's yeah. great. Usually I don't tell people to lie, but sometimes I do. And when I get to tell them to lie, I'm really happy to get to do it. I'm like, you should tell a lie is what you should do. That's going to get you out of this one for a while. Yeah. Not in this case. Not in this case and not always and rarely forever. <laughs> but every so often lying is just a great solution to a problem. It's fantastic.
1: I should try it. You've never lied. Terrible you're not, liar. Yeah, you're
0: not a liar. I would. I,
1: I'm i just like a very bad liar. Like I really aim to lie well mm-hmm. and it doesn't work for me. I can't do it. Yeah. Can't. doesn't work out. It's too complicated. I get cut out. I forget what the lie was about. I forget what the issue was about. It's probably it just hurt. a memory question yeah. more than anything. It is. It is.
0: Um, I, I certainly think historically the times that I've had the most successful experience with lying would be like I'm talking to a stranger at an airport. And we're never going to see each other again. And then it's like, I'll say anything. Yeah. I've been to the moon, you know. Oh, for yeah. sure.
1: Yeah. I also lie about liking food sometimes because it's rude not to.
0: Oh, absolutely. Any any kind of lie that I'm I'm worried about, like, I'm being a bad guest. Like. Yeah. I will lie you have cheerfully. To. But not to anyone who's ever hosted me who's listening to the show right now. I was always telling you the truth.
1: <laughs> Every time. Every time.
0: Every time. <laughs> Oh, I'm so just tired. This one felt so fraught. This episode, I I often end an episode feeling like, oh, I think we did it. I think we helped people. And this time, I'm just like, life is hard. I'm sad. We helped people. You helped people. That's assuming they listened. I have no idea if the people who write in listen to the whole podcast because you don't know if your letter's going to be in there. And what if it's the last? Oh, you one? don't tell them.
1: You don't email them and tell them that their letters can be addressed. You asking
0: me if I individually reply to everyone whose question I also answer? That would be
1: wild. No, I didn't. No, that's too much. That it's so, wild. No, and often... And probably not a good business tactic, actually, now that I think about it. Would like, not. for a podcast, you probably want them to listen to everything. <laughs> I don't... It's, it's not a business tactic. I can answer. tell you that
0: much. I'm not doing it because I'm like, oh, I really need that <laughs> extra statistic this month. Um, <laughs> but it's actually because a lot of the questions come in through the live chat form. Um, and so there's no... Con- there's no way for me to get in touch with them other than to... Like, that's why I often say in the podcast, like, hey, if you're listening... Please write back. I'd love to hear from you again, but I don't have the time to email everybody. And often I don't have the email addresses. So that's usually the only way I can make that suggestion. And um, oftentimes I just have to guess. And it's like maybe they all ignored my answer or maybe they immediately died after writing the letter and or, or moved to Turkey not. to marry somebody who they later dumped.
1: They all did. We should just send them all to
0: Turkey. Can you imagine like you tell your friends like, oh my gosh, you guys, my new boyfriend is moving here to be with me. I can't wait for you all to meet him next week. And then they're like, hey, is he here yet? And you're like, yeah, he landed and then he dumped me. Yeah. But now we're talking. So that's a good sign, right? It's always great when you go from we're going to get married to, well, we're talking.
1: We're gonna the whole like we're gonna get married. Like people
0: throw that word around very casually. They do. Marriage is often forever. Sometimes, sometimes it means you're gonna be having fights about pornography at seventy, and it's like, and maybe there's really, another marriage. Yeah, yeah this, is, this is you are in it. You are fighting about porn and seventy.
1: I've watched Grace and Frankie. I know how it could turn out.
0: Yeah. Do you feel prepared to fight at seventy?
1: Do I feel prepared to fight at seventy?
0: You've got if it. you got am, the bones.
1: If I live that long and I'm still married to the person I'm currently married to, we will have fought all our fights. You'll be done. You will <laughs> we'll be, be done with fighting. Serene. It's just going to be music and roses. Oh,
0: that sounds fabulous. Well, on that note, Anna, I would uh, like to thank you so much for the time that you spent with us today and just release you out into the rest of the day with your own roses. A preview of our Slate Plus episode coming this Friday. It's one thing to say, like, it was not right. And it's another to say, does that also mean that this particular relationship where the woman in question is very much an adult and says that she's doing well and is happy and we have no reason to doubt her word? Um, do we now have to stop talking to her, say that she should leave her husband? Like, what What would be the, the best response to this? And there I just don't know. I don't I don't know that you can salvage this friendship. It doesn't sound like you're going to be able to, but no, you don't have to say because I think what he did was wrong 20 years ago that your marriage is forever tainted and that he's, you know, going to run around like grabbing children out of parks and like kidnapping them. I don't, I think you could just say what he did was not okay. To listen to the rest of that conversation, join Slate Plus now at slate.com forward slash pod.